lists four misnomers and one God's honest truth. 1. Daylight Savings Time In the late 1950s, I was eight years old, a time my mother routinely told us to clean our dinner plates because, quote, children were starving in Armenia, end quote. I did not grasp her logic, but her stern voice convinced me that it was my patriotic duty to eat all that dreadful liver and squash. So when I heard the call for daylight savings time, I wanted to step up and do my part. I went outside with a mason jar, let some daylight in, tightly sealed it, and then proudly saved it in my closet. 2. Patriot Act Congressional bills are required to have both a number and a name. Bill sponsors have seized this opportunity to create market-friendly acronyms. The 2001 PATRIOT Act is actually an acronym for Uniting and Strengthening America by P. Providing Appropriate Tools Required to Intercept and Obstruct Terrorism Act of 2001. Hastily passed after 9-11, the act expanded the government's ability to monitor its citizens, including a search of telephone and financial records without judicial review. An important check and balance was thus eliminated. The Patriot Act sponsors knew that their clever title would successfully demonize those who objected to the bill's incursion into our civil rights, particularly the Fourth Amendment's prohibition of unlawful search and seizure. Imagine the reception the bill would have received if it was given the equally apt acronym Police State. Police. P. Protecting our liberties involves constitutional erosion and state, S. Sacrificing time-honored amendments to T. Threatened extremism. Don't get me started on the misnomer that is the Affordable Care Act. In fact, this is such a travesty of a name that few dare to say it out loud, instead referring to it merely as the ACA. 3. Starbucks Tall Drinks by age five, children probably have a firm grasp on size based on the standard trio of small, medium, and large orders of McDonald's french fries. Starbucks is an outlier. They refuse to use the word small. Their sizes are classified as tall, grande, and venti. Okay, I'll agree that grande and venti give Starbucks the international flair it seeks, but tall standing in for small? Maybe Starbucks is playing a psychological game with us, divorcing the link between size and price. I might not be willing to fork over $4 for a small frappuccino, but the price seems more justified for a tall drink. Another possibility is that Starbucks is sensitive to men's general discomfort when the word small is bandied about. This is a lesson well learned by condom makers whose sizes include regular, large, and extra-large. Men can live with regular, but not small. But if this is Starbucks strategy, then they are ignoring women's embrace of the concept of small. Aside from breast size, small is an aspirational goal, with women squeezing into single-digit sized clothes. Women are more apt to be conscious of self-control,
and tall seems overly indulgent. 4. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. From the perspective of my usual seat in the far reaches of economy, the only true word in this familiar phrase is flight. The slogan might have been appropriate in the early days of commercial flight, when the novelty of flying created some possibility of enjoyment. Those were the days when people dressed up for a flight. My mother wore pearls, my father his coat and tie, and well-coiffed stewardesses served macadamia nuts. Now air travel has all the appeal of an overcrowded city bus. I propose the following revision in the interests of managing expectations. Quote, Try to get comfortable, calm down, and endure. You'll get there eventually. End quote. The God's Honest Truth Imitation Crab Meat I'm not a fan of sushi, but have found refuge in California rolls, which ostensibly contain a dab of crab meat, avocado, and maybe a bit of a crunch from a cucumber. Restaurants are not required to list ingredients, so when I bought some California rolls at the grocery store, I took a closer look at the label. And there it was, imitation crab meat. Restaurants have been accused of secretly substituting trash fish for high-priced fish, so this label was a blast of the God's honest truth. No dissembling, no attempt to hide the fact that I was eating fake stuff. As my initial spasm of joy subsided, I thought, Huh, the label has only told me what this isn't. If this is not crab, what is it? Is it even fish? It turns out that imitation crab is a finely pulverized paste made from a variety of fish combined with starch and the ubiquitous artificial flavors. The paste is painted red in homage to real crabs and then molded into whatever shape is wanted. I was then disappointed, mostly with myself, when I discovered that the labeling was an FDA requirement. How could I have been so naive to think that a marketer would volunteer that their product is fake? Section 540.700 of the FDA Compliance Policy Guide Addressing Processed Fish states, quote, For example, a processed and blended seafood product made primarily with fish protein that is a substitute for crab meat, resembles crab meat, and is nutritionally inferior to crab meat, must be labeled imitation crab meat. Perhaps commercial sushi makers were initially aghast at this requirement, but then, taking a page from the clothing designers who proudly sell fake or faux fur, the industry decided that having the word crab in the label, even if it was imitation, was far more appealing than the alternative of pulverized fish paste.